Design New Podcast, Episode 19. If you are stressed, stretched, and stuck, and ready to take your life to the next level, reach out to me for a free 30-minute strategy call to see what steps you can implement right now to design your best life. Email me at connect at tinamurray.com and let's create your own unique blueprint to lay the foundations for that life that you really want. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast, where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board Kelvin Holiday. Throughout Kel's life, he has been faced with numerous challenges and faced adversity. However, his strength, courage and determination to make a difference in himself and for other people has driven Kel to recover and thrive. Now as the founder and CEO of the Transformational Group, Kel leads a highly effective team that is dedicated to educating, empowering and enriching the lives of individuals seeking to make a difference in the world. Join me as I chat with Kel about transforming our lives. Hi, Kelvin. Thanks so much for joining me on the Design New Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great, Tan. Yourself? Yeah, I'm really well. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me. Tell me, what are you doing right now to design your best life? Oh, mate, the the biggest thing that I've done actually over the last 22 weeks now is actually just got my health in line. So I've lost uh, 33 and a half kilos in the last 22 weeks. So, Congrats. Yeah, trying to, trying to get my mind, my body and everything all in sync. It's been uh, a big challenge, but yeah, I'm getting there. Wow. So what was the impetus for doing that? Being unhealthy was a big one. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 um, I, I guess I'm fairly driven by trying to help other people and I, uh, I like to do a lot of work with charities and I went on a charity bike ride going back in 2016 and for me, it was a bit of a miserable failure um, because I was just too too uh, too big and awkward, and and um, I struggled through the ride. And I said, "Yeah, I just set a goal for myself. I want to actually be able to do that." So I'm off again in uh, in April to have another crack at the ride, and this time I'm going there a lot lighter. I so, bet. So how far's the ride, and what's it raising money for? Awareness for? So it's uh, 500 kilometres. Um, 100 100 averages about 100 kilometres a day. Over five days, um, the heat gets pretty horrendous as well. So um, last year it hit uh, fifty-two degrees on one of the days. So wow, where were you? In Thailand. Okay. In Thailand, so we go from basically the top to bottom of Thailand, um, from a place called Huahin, just just outside of uh, Bangkok, and okay. then um, down to Kalak, a little bit north of um, Phuket. Yeah. So yeah, it's a bit a bit of right, and it's for a, a charity called Hands Across the Water. Uh, it's a yeah, it's a great charity. Started after the tsunami back in two thousand and four, yes, and um, to, is to help the the children that were all left uh, left behind, unfortunately, from that tsunami. Mm-hmm. And it's gone on to be yeah, it's a great charity. So I love being involved in that. Oh sure. And how big was um, having that goal and knowing why you wanted to do it? How what was different this time? Why have you lost the weight? Well, last time, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think naivety. I uh, I thought because I'd lost I lost thirty kilos before the last ride, and so I was an I was an enormous boy. Okay, and and um, but I actually it was a quite interesting thing. So setting I'm I'm always been a goal setter, and I, I had a, a lady who um, uh, Irma, her name is, 
you come up to me, you said one day, you know, do you want to support her to go on the ride? So I gave her some money and then she said, how about you come on the ride with me? And I, I, I just like, you know, can you actually see what you're seeing here? Like, this is an enormous bloke, you know, morbidly obese. And, um, and she just said, look, you know, you've set goals in your business. Why can't you just set a goal for your own life? And that will actually help everything else. So I went, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. I yeah. never thought about it. It just, you know, went through life just bumbling along and um, business going well. And, and I was getting tighter and tighter. And, sure. and now, whoa, what a difference. I it's bet. Been, it's been huge. So, yeah. And if you're someone who's already driven, having all that extra energy must be just taking you to the next level. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> um, I'm hoping we haven't got any censored listeners out there, but I feel like I'm 21 again. I'm on my second honeymoon. My wife's lost, uh, she's lost 25 and a half kilos. Oh, wow. So, between the two of us, it's, um, yeah, it's, we're, we've got our youth back again and it's feeling pretty damn awesome, that's for sure. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. Now, I also know that you had an accident many years ago and it changed your life. So, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. That's, that was the cause of me putting on all the weight. Okay. I, um, yes, uh, the accident was a, was a pretty bad one. I was on a work site. I was a builder at the time. And uh, I was it, was, it was actually Christmas Eve. And as I was uh, walking around on the site, just packing up the last little bits and pieces, I sent all the workers home and there was a couple of pieces of timber and I picked up this big piece of timber and started walking down to put it away. And um, just my feet went from underneath me, slipped and uh, landed on my backside yeah. and, um, and just broke the base, base of my spine and um, shattered the, one of the vertebrae in there. And, and it was a pretty, pretty bad one. So I spent this part of six months unable to, to walk more than a couple of steps. Trapped, you know, after hospital and in, in and out and having surgery, yeah, six months pretty much locked away. And, um, yeah, it was a bit of a challenging time. Oh. Um, it makes you think about what life's about. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, so I went from being a, a fairly healthy, energetic, uh, you know, I was playing first division soccer, playing basketball. I was, you know, really out there. I was actually in training for a triathlon. So, mm. and I was extremely healthy and fit to within – a period of about three months, I went from being, you know, what I'd call an ath- a fairly elite athlete to morbidly obese, and uh, you know, I put on sixty five kilos in three months. Wow! And and I kept it for the last nearly twenty years. Yeah, yeah. And so, obviously, that gives you a whole new perspective. You, as you said, what's the biggest learning from from that for you? I think that biggest learning has just come in this last probably 12 or 18 months where I actually thought for for getting close on 20 years going through that, that I just lived with the fact that I was, you know, busted myself up and I'd never be, never get back to where I was. Mm-hmm. And I'll never be, I'll never be an elite athlete, elite athlete again, but I I can get my health back. Yes. And, and I guess... I just like gave. I didn't give up as such on life, but I just gave up on the idea of actually being able to be healthy again. Mm-hmm. And um, and it just it was just a bit of a bit of a snap. And that snap was major for me. It was yes. as I said, it was just that little little thing to say. Well, you don't have to do it at you know at, at this level. You know, just get up, get off your tail, and actually do something will make life a lot better. And I'm going, yeah. So now yeah, I go on a regular bike ride and and enjoy life again. What else are you doing to keep fit? Because, you know, I'd, I'd like to take some leaves from your book. Tell me more. Yeah. So, um, I've actually, I, I, the weight loss was being a, a part of a thing called Weight Loss Coaching Works. I've actually now trained to be one of the head coaches in that, which has been 
amazing just to understand the body a lot more. Yes. But it's really around you know, just eating right. It's not the shakes and not the diet pills and all those sorts of things. It's just real food. It's, you know, it's a high-protein, controlled carbohydrate. So it's, I wouldn't, wouldn't say it's, it's not, a, not, not radical by any means. Yep. Um, but it's really about walking. So I do you know, between 10 and 15 kilometers walking every single day. I get up every morning. And I do a five thousand a five thousand um, uh, step walk, about mm-hmm. four and a half five kilometers every single morning. That was really hard the first couple of mornings getting this big body out of bed. It was <laughs> it was a shocker, and uh, but now it's awesome. Like I, like I, yeah, the clarity of mind at that time, I realised I'm back into the swing of things. Now after twenty odd weeks of doing that, it's. It's been great. So now I'm back on the bike again. So I haven't been, I hadn't been on the bike for 18 months, you know, because it was just a little bit hard. And yep. but now it's um yeah I as I went for a 25k bike ride two mornings ago, got off the bike ride, went that was easy. Just get 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 on going, went for a walk after that just to loosen off. So it was, <laughs> it's it's quite quite an interesting sort of uh, challenge. That's good that that has been overcome. It's been great. Sure. Now, you really are passionate about helping people. You said that early on in this. What is it that you love doing? Yeah, we, we, it sounds pretty cliche, but unleashing people's full potential. You know, a lot of people say that, but like I, it's seeing the lights come on in somebody's eyes when they're broken through something that they've been holding themselves back. Mm-hmm. It is just for me, I get that fairly regularly now in what I do, and I don't necessarily have to be the person in front. So, you know, I've got a whole bunch of trainers and, and everything doing it. But seeing people just go, the, the penny drops, the lights yep. come on, they go, wow, you know, and uh, that is that is great. So, changing people's lives, you know, the, the company Transformational Group is a, you know, it is about transforming lives and sure. we do that. It's and help people overcome a lot of the barriers, either the physical now is, a, is another dimension to it, but really that em- emotional and mental sort of strain that comes in life. So we do a lot of stuff around mental health and, and training people to, to be resilient is a big part of it mm-hmm. and to be able to set goals and to actually achieve them. So you, know, you see people start setting goals and they sort of waver a little bit, but then all of a sudden, bang, they, they start to achieve them and they see that it's possible. Mm. And um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good feeling. Yeah, which is a bit like you were just saying, getting out of bed to start with going for those morning walks when you were heavier was really difficult. And then now you're, you're out doing bike rides. So it's, yeah, it's a process, isn't it? It is. And, it, and it's, it's a lot about, in some respects, just having that support mechanism. Like, yeah, you can, you can say, okay, here's the goal set. And you can go, okay, that's my goal. And, and then you go off and try and do it. But, but how do you actually do it? You know, what's, where's the accountability part? You know, so some people use Facebook as their accountability. I mean, they post it out there and hope for the best that that uh, they don't get too <laughs> badly ridiculed. Um, I try, I've tried that one, and um, but yeah, just having a couple of people around you that I call my cheer squad. You yes. know, ha- having a couple of people in my cheer squad that goes, "Kel, yeah, you had a bad day, but that's okay. Pick yourself up and go again." Yeah, that's it's huge. Yeah, what do you think is one of the biggest barriers in all your years of doing this that you see quite consistently that people have? I mean, I know we're all different, but is there some sort of thing that most of us tap into a little bit? Yeah, look, I, I think the biggest barrier is willingness to be vulnerable. Hmm. And yeah, and so I don't want, you know, you don't want to take that facade down. You've got it, you know, I've got it, I've got it all together hmm. and uh, everything's okay. And, and, you know, I'll just keep on putting that facade up, but inside you just beat yourself away. Yeah. And, and it's not until such times as I think that I really unleash that, okay, 
if I actually have these people and I trust these people around me and I share with them what I'm struggling with mm. and they encourage me through that, well, but that's something that I've, I've really discovered over these last couple of years very, very strongly. It's something I've always believed in in the idea of team and, mm. and you know, having other, and, you know, having your mates around you. But now the mates are, yeah, the tongue-in-cheek, little cheeky, little snide comments and stuff like that, I just don't put up with those anymore. It's, it's about if, if you want to support me and encourage me, mm-hmm. you know, you'll be with me through the rest of my life. But um, that, that, don't have a go at me. It's, it's old hat. Yeah. On that, do you find I, there's been a lot of work, especially in the last couple of years, really highlighting the way male behaviour does suppress some of that vulnerability and that mateship thing doesn't necessarily mean it's someone you can really rely on when you need to have that deep conversation. How can men work through that? Mm, great question. <laughs> that, 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 that's a good one. Um, for me, it's, for me, actually, it was quite interesting. It actually started with my wife. Okay. Um, so I've been married now 32 years and like I had to be her protector, so to speak. So getting over, getting over myself, you know, <laughs> that, that bloke thing, that, that ochre sort of image was, was a huge part. But then just slowly saying, okay, well, who in my life? What are, who are the two, three? Like rather than try to, throw it out there to the whole population, who are those two or three people that I know I got my back? Yep. And and then once you get those two or three and you build that confidence, how do you get another two or three? And yeah, I I work on a principle of five and twelve. So five very close around me. Yep. Twelve people that are sort of like that next level who basically know most of my stuff, but yep. the five people very close know me very, very well. Yeah. And um yeah, they are my cheer squad. You know, yeah, and they really make a major difference. Yeah, and that um, reaching out and that level of trust is is huge. They're sort of symbiotic, aren't they? You've without the trust, a lot of people won't reach out, but you actually need to reach out and trust that people are going to be there to catch you. That's exactly right. And, and so being careful of those first couple, and, yeah. and 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 once you drop your guard, you soon know if those people can be trusted. Mm. Yeah, and I, I find once I drop my guard, I knew very very clearly very quickly. Who were the people I could trust with anything? Yes. And who are the ones I had to be reserved with? Yeah. And and so yeah, just it's it's slow and steady. But once you once you build that that, that group of people, it's um mm. yeah. And and for a bloke who, as I said, I I didn't want to drop my guard. I didn't want to say that I haven't got my stuff together and you know, I'm carrying a lot of baggage and you know, I you know that inevitable word where we say, Well, I got something wrong, you know, and and admit and admit to it. Yeah. Because we, we, we don't like to say that we're wrong. No. And, uh, and, and so I've been able to say that and I, I made a mistake with that. Now, my wife still gets a shock when I say that. <laughs> and, um, you know, but anyway, we're, we're, we're working through that one. <laughs> <laughs> but there's that whole thing too. You've come from the tra- tradie background and, you know, this is where I often hear, you know, my background's interior design, so I'm working with tradies all the time. I go on site and I still see, like, it's wonderful. They don't swear around me. There's still that. There's ways you treat women on site, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's all really fantastic that there's that level of respect. But again, it's where, when it becomes detrimental to you that your behavior is projected onto someone else and it's not actually in line with who you really are is when, yeah. when we flounder, isn't it? 100%. And, and I think... Um it's, it's easy to get the tradie off the building site, but get the building site off out of the tradie <laughs> is the hard part. So I still unleash a couple of little, uh, 
little expletives every now and again, and my <laughs> wife, my, my wife is very good at picking me up on those ones. But uh, yeah, but being a uh, yeah, being an ex tradie, and I guess in some respects that's given me a bit of a, a, a tougher skin. Mm. At the same time, that tougher skin also becomes a, a, a harder barrier. Mm. You know, so the the, the more you know, the, the the tougher the facade, the harder it is to break through. But once you do, yeah. It's it's even more beneficial, you know, and and so the harder it is, you know, the the more we hurt, the more pain we have. Typically, the more we grow as well. So exactly. You know. And is that something that you find people turn to you when they've got to that point where it becomes so uncomfortable that they've got no choice but to do something about it, or are you finding people are coming earlier? <sighs> Bit of both. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm finding it almost both ends of the spectrum and not in between. It's oh. either they're almost almost to breaking point yes. before they'll open up and or they're very aware of it and they don't want to get there. Sure. So so it's either both ends of the spectrum and, and a lot of the people we work with are people who are who are going into a caring environment so that they're actually wanting to get the resilient skills so that they don't carry any of their baggage into helping other people. Mm. So that's that's a big part of it as well. So the people that are in that middle ground, and, that, and they're, they're the harder people. And in some respects, they're the ones that they clam up and they've almost got to be totally broken before they'll want to break through. Yep. And, and or, you know, as I said, the people who are at the other end of the spectrum are the ones who are aware of it and they actually have reasonably good self-health, all right? But that middle ground, oh, that's, that's, where the, that's where the ugly territory comes. <laughs> yeah. You touched on, too, the fact that people who want to help people need to actually be able to protect themselves, too, to not take on too much of that. Mm. And that's something that a lot of us feel that we do. How, what sort of techniques can you help people with to help them with that? So uh, we run a, a program here called the Resilience Accelerator, and it's, it's a three parts, and there's a big part of it is about how do you actually reflect so the reflective process is a major part of being able to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. There's a book going back. I haven't seen the book on the shelves for many years. It's called The Wounded Healer. And it was, a, it was a great reflection book on how sometimes you've got to be broken to be able to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so I think that reflective process is a big part of it. So looking at your mental and emotional health and how you act and react in situations is the first step. Sure. And and so when we do mental health first aid, it is it is very much a self reflective process before you then can actually start to look at other people and see how they're reacting, yeah. and then how do you react to their reactions? <laughs> and, and so that that mental health and that emotional stability stuff is and, and understanding that and going through some of those assessment tools and and seeing what pushes your buttons, mm. you know, that's a big part. And then setting some goals and and, and going off and, and starting to think about. Well, how do I actually now, you know, whatever the, the challenges are I have, how do I actually work through those? So we, we use a lot of assessment tools around, you know, what's the next step? Sure. Right? Rather, and, and you can set large goals, but we like to chunk them down really small, depending on where the person's coming from and how, in some respects, how broken they've been. Um, sure. Depends on how, how hard you push to, mm. uh, to break those goals down or, or to, to build them up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in fifty years' time, where would you see yourself? Who would be around you? What would you want to be doing? Oh, fifty, mate. If I'm around in fifty years' time, that, <laughs> you're being very generous there. I'll, 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 I'll be, uh, I'll be over the hundred mark by then. But uh, look, 
I'd like to say within 100 years that something that I've contributed to this world is still going around. I guess a big part of who I am is about leaving a legacy and you know, I'm, I'm instilling that into my own uh, family and my children. But who would surround me? Probably sitting in that crematorium or wherever it might be <laughs> will be my wife. But sit, uh, my wife is, uh, is number one and she, yeah, and it took me a, long, a lot of time to actually really get that. Um, yeah, you, 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 you marry them and, yeah, and, um, but she really is my, my number one. And other than that, I think, um, my closest friends, yeah, my, my cheer squad, yeah, they will be with me to the end. And, you know, I've, I've built up a core of those people. There's other people that will come and go. And I know like the, the, the coaches, the different coaches, I have a, a very strong coaching philosophy. So I have a number of different coaches. I have my, my mentor for my own mental stability. I have my, my marketing coach. I have my leadership coach. I have different yeah. people for different roles. Yeah. And depending on where I am, depending on, on – and I'm not being arrogant when I say but sometimes you outgrow of where yeah, you, you get one coach. and yep. But, yeah, so I, I, I just keep on looking for who's, who's, that, who's that next person in the, in the yeah. chain, who's, who's that next person I can actually now start build a relationship with so that they can start mentoring me later on. And, yeah. and, and at the same time, then, then I'd be the conduit for, for somebody else, you know. Yeah. early on in years. So learning sounds like it's still a very important thing for you that you constantly want to be learning and growing and expanding. Yeah, that's an understatement. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been going towards, I've been trying to do a doctorate for now for a number of years and I'm still working towards that. But uh, yeah, I don't know, I'm, I'm probably, I'm, I'm a bit of a qualification junkie. Okay. Um, there's... I don't know. There's about eight or nineteen different qualifications I've got now. You know, formal qualifications, and then there's the other stuff that you just the, the life learning sort of stuff and other programs we go through. So yeah, I'm uh, I spend probably about twenty five to thirty percent of my my year is in classroom, come lecture room, conference. You know, that's that's a big part of mm-hmm. of of who I am, and you know, one of the philosophies I generally carry is that whole lifelong learning. Yeah. So, how can people get in touch with you? The easiest way, look, I've, I've got my own .com, so kelvinholiday.com. I tossed around with the whole idea of being Kel Holiday. That's, that's what I prefer to be called as Kel, but kelvinholiday.com. And in there, you can book a, a, a conversation with us. There's a little 15-minute yeah, strategy call in there. You can buy some of my books. But most of the people I put through a strategy call, you know, I generally give them a copy of the book free of charge at any rate just to, to come on the journey and let's have a chat. Yeah, lovely. And if you were to leave something with our listeners for how they could design their best life, what would it be? I would, I would actually say designing your best life is saying there is no barrier. There is no barrier. And, and for me, I put, it's really easy to put a barrier up. It's just how you climb over it. You know, you're going to go over it, around it, you know, <laughs> tunnel under it. You know? But there is no barrier you cannot overcome. It's just what your expectation is on the other side. Mm. Yeah. And so, how do you help people get through those barriers apart from being vulnerable and obviously learning? What else can we touch on? Look, I, I think, you know, we, we talk about it a lot. There's, there's the four parts of our body, you know, the, the physical health, you know, it took me a long time to really nail that down and get that sorted out. But yeah, there is the, the, the physical, the emotional, the, the, the mental, and also the, your belief systems. You know, how, what's your values? And I'm not, you know, you, some people call it spirituality. You know, I've got a Christian heritage myself and, and I was a pastor at one stage for, mm-hmm. for a number of years. But um, yeah, yeah, what you believe in is, in essence, 
one of those things that how you make your best life. So if you believe in number one, you know, what you can achieve within yourself, you know, have that belief and value structure that you share with other people, that's a that's a huge part of it for my in my book. Mm. But not everyone's comfortable getting to know who they are. So mm. how do we do yeah. that? How do you, oh, that's a that's a good question again. How do we get to know ourselves? Look, I we 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 have a, a have two tools that we use quite commonly. One is we actually get a questionnaire. We get a client to answer, mm-hmm. and and then all they do is they give that same tool to to one of their friends. Okay, and we just get them to answer the same questions, yep. and then we put them both together. And it's a really good exercise for mm. self awareness. Mm. And it's the same question, you know, like, what do you think your strengths are? And, and a person, you know, like, I would have thought my one of my strengths is, you know, I like to chat, <laughs> and um, and 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 so talking, I th- I, th- I thought communication would be one of my strengths. But when somebody else had a look at it, they put that down the list a lot further, yeah. and they put more more relational, you know, having fun and stuff like that. They put that higher. Yeah. I mean, oh. Yeah, I have fun, but I thought communicate because it's what we value ourselves sure. and what we think is good or what we see in other people. So when I see a good quality speaker, I say, oh, I would like to be like that speaker, for instance. Yep. So it's really important part of that self-reflecting process is to get other people to, get, to reflect who know you well. Mm. Mm. And uh, yeah, I guess so getting – and same question. So you, the more people you can get to answer those sort of questionnaires and give them back to you, the better perspective you have and then you can reflect upon what other people see of you Mm. and then that actually starts to get inside of you and you go, hang on a second, I might have to do a little bit better in some areas. Yeah. The the areas I thought I was nailing might not be so good. (laughs) Yeah, so we've all got our own blind spots. But also I think one of the things when something's really comfortable for us, we don't really – perhaps value it because it's easy for us. We're like, oh, yeah, it's easy. Whereas someone that you've, something that you've struggled on, you're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm getting really good at that because you're being conscious of that. Whereas the stuff which we're unconsciously really good at, we just yep. take for granted. But that's, yeah. that's where our magic is. And, and, and I, yeah, I think what was really interesting for me is, is the latest book that I just wrote. It was about there's this whole bunch of stuff that I've just been doing for all these years and I just put into a page of a book. Everybody said, oh, you've got to write a book on it, got to write a book on it. So I went and wrote a book on it, and I read the book, and I went, "Oh, that's that's nothing, you know, nothing flash, because it's my life. Yep. It's it's just who I am. It's just what I've been doing." And I, I, I just said, just took it for granted. But yeah, I gave that book, and the feedback from some of the people have been like, "This book has changed my life." Yeah, you know, wow. I'm going, "Uh huh," like it's it's just stuff, mate. Yeah, and and they they've implemented a couple of little different changes, and it has it's changing their lives, and um. So yeah, that's 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 quite an interesting sort of paradigm. Is when you what as you what take for granted, mm. or, or is a piece of genius for somebody else. Uh. Well, we got to know what the book's called now. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, there's, there's two of them: unleash the future of leadership and unleash the future of you. So one of them really just what I call them heart and head. You know, so the leadership thing is all about you know, strategy and tactics. Yep. And the future of you is really about you know, how do we engage our personal philosophies and you know, overcome the barriers of life. So that's where I talk about a little bit about my broken back and different things that happened in my life and how I overcome those. So. Mm, yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, I really love what you shared. Anything else you want to share with us before we go? Look, making a better life is, I, I, I think, where you're coming from, Tina, is, is it's a great place to be. And if you 
if, if there's one thing I could share with somebody else, is if you can actually help somebody else to live their better life, mm. you actually live a better life yourself. Mm. And, and you, you add value to other people and you keep on giving yeah, the whole chemical stuff, you know, we can talk about all the physical changes and all that type of stuff. But, but when you give and you, and you help other people, the amount it helps you is, yeah, that's, that's where the gold is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Thank you so much, Kel. Really appreciate everything that you've shared. And thanks for being part of this journey with us. My, my, me, my pleasure. Thank you. A huge shout out to you for being here, for listening in, and being ready to step up to the drawing board. I honour your spirit and your openness to growth. If you have a mate who you think will benefit from hearing today's message, please share this episode with them. Another great way you can support us is to subscribe or to leave a five-star review in iTunes. These reviews really do assist us to raise the visibility of the Design You podcast and helps us to reach Design Yours from all walks of life. I really do appreciate the time it takes for you to do that. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design You podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, communicate it, and live it.